0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858. We tried to get him on the program yesterday, but his young bloke stole the phone, went out of the cubby house, and Ben tells me that uh, just wanted to look at the photos of the premiership success for his Penrith Panthers, who he loves. Ben Ross. Premiership winner and Fog number 144. Welcome to the program finally, mate. How are you? <laughs>
2: Good morning. Yeah, no, Um. Yeah. excited to be on. Um, yeah, my little fella did steal it. He's a massive Penrith fan, so I took him to the game the week before and he unfortunately didn't get to make it to the grand final, so he stole my phone out in the cubby house. All <laughs> I could see was my phone ringing on my watch. I'm like, where is this? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, found him after about half an hour, and then, yeah, it was a little bit too late.
1: Geez, he would have been annoyed. He was trying to watch the videos, and the Mark's in- messages <laughs> were coming through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Benny, what are you, what are you uh, doing these days, mate?
2: Uh, so, I you know, just finished up working my time in footy, so I'd, I'd worked for the Sharks for the last six years, and uh Around a few of their different departments there, but now working for an ethical wealth management company and running my own business in pharmaceuticals. So, uh, what I'm lucky enough to own a few pharmacies, so not too bad. Very good. Own
1: a few pharmacies. Ethical wealth management. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah. So, um, what we do is we connect investors with the right product, the right investment type, especially in the current climate, as we speak. About you're not making money in the bank, so. We put them into, the, I suppose, uh, uh, the right investment, and we try to make it ethically-minded. So currently we, we do a lot of stuff with the NDIS and um, and moving through those prospects. But, yeah, uh, moving bigger and better as we, as we speak.
1: Yeah, gotcha.
0: Ben, how good is this Penrith side the last three years? Um, Runners-up, premiers, premiers, where do you rate them in not only just Panthers history, obviously, you know, they would be at the top, I would have thought, but in NRL yeah. time, say from 1998?
2: Yeah, and it's something you, you see uh, James Fish Harris talk about, and he said, "No it's disrespect to the the former players, but um, they are the best Penrith team that's ever come into the NRL or any any style of rugby league." And I, I feel that they're up there with, the, I suppose, the Canberra Raiders of the, the early '90s or late '80s, and then also the Broncos. So, yeah, they're, they're just so I suppose so crucial in how they play and clinical. I should be saying is more the word that everything they do is calculated to the, the last percentage. I've watched them train a lot, and they train like they're, they're going out for that perfect game. So they did that in the grand final. And the first half, I have to admit, even though I was excited that Penrith were so far ahead, it was quite a boring game that Parramatta didn't turn up to play as well as what they could have.
1: Yeah, it, it felt like more than 28-0 at that stage, didn't it? It felt, it felt like oh, Parramatta yeah. were way more behind than that.
2: Yeah, and that's, and you're looking at the crowd like 80% would have been Parramatta fans, and I was I was lucky enough to take my old boy there for the game and experience the father son moment. But it was one of those things that we couldn't hear each other at the start of the game. The para fans were so loud, but within 10 minutes of the game starting, it was dead silent, or you could hear a few Panther fans cheering. But it was one of those games that the Parramatta never looked like being in the game.
1: No, Penrith did what Parramatta needed to if they were going to compete with Penrith, eh?
2: Yeah, correct. They, they just, yeah, they're they ruthless in in defence is one of the big things. I saw uh, Moses Leota. He, he didn't oh. really make a run that first 10 minutes and all he did was defend and put big hits on. And I thought with Nathan Brown being named for Parramatta that he may have started. And I think that's probably where they lost it. He was the aggression in that side. And you saw when he came on it. He gave a bit of oomph to their side, but I, I believe that they should have started with him and he could have sort of whacked a few blokes to give it back. It would have been a different game. The,
0: yeah. reason, the reason why teams find it hard to go back-to-back are numerous, one that uh, psychologically or mentally it's hard to, to keep up at that level at such an intense level in the NRL. But the salary cap and player movements has its part as well. A couple of players, big players, Happy Coruscant <laughs> and Viliami Kikau will be leaving uh, the club. But do you see there being any dip in the performance of Penrith in the in 2023,
2: Ben? You've got to look at what Penrith have done in regards to being a development club. I know they've got a big breeding ground, but they actually put money back into their program. So you see that their SG Ball, the Harold Matts, their Fleg, their reserve grade have all won grand finals this year. So I think it was the first club to have ever done that. So you're looking at 23 and beyond, I think... They're going to be in good stead. Losing those two players, so Appy and uh, Villamani, yeah, just losing those two, yeah, it's going to be probably a big loss for the first few games. But you saw this year that when Cleary stepped out, when he was suspended, Sean O'Sullivan came in and they didn't miss a beat. Um, I just I feel Penrith are, are, as I said, in good stead for probably the next three or four years. I know the Tally Cat will affect them. They've got some great players, but... Um, what they've done as a development club is is really put them in good stead for the future
0: years. Well, after the winning in South, they lost Capewell and Burton. And you could argue they're a better side this year than they were when they beat South last year.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's, uh, I suppose, when you when you look at Ivan and the way he coaches and probably the understanding that they need to be better every time they're losing good players, they need to be better at what they're doing. So it's one percenters, and I think... Because Nathan Cleary said it in the press conference afterwards that he said those little one percenters that they did in the first 20 minutes of the game were the best they've ever done. And I think that comes down to how they they train and how they coach day in, day out. I, I was lucky enough to take my son to one of the Panthers' training sessions and it was that. It was just like literally this is a game, you're training. like The training was a game and if they lost in the training session, then they would have lost in the game. So it's um yeah they're they're pretty strict on what they do, and you can show why it works.
1: I think one thing they're better at than other clubs too, uh, Ben, is the the way they're captained. Um, that there's a there's a beautiful balance in their team of youth, real enthusiasm, and blokes who can pull the reins in on standards at training. Like Isaiah Yo and Nathan Cleary are well known for it.
2: Yeah, and that's yeah, it's thing you. Yeah, I suppose it starts at the top, doesn't it? And you, you look at the coaching and captains, that's the way it is. And um, and then you'll talk about a uh, Cameron Serrato, who's an assistant coach. They've all come from really good backgrounds, and I suppose that leadership is something that you'll always talk about. But then they've got non-leaders. So you look at a James Fisher-Harris, who by any rights would be a captain in any other club. So, yeah, they've, they've got that leadership all across the park that can pull their heads in a little bit. And... I suppose I heard just in the news break then that about Brandy sticking up for the players and being arrogant over winning a back-to-back premiership. And by all means, I think they've got every right to be a little bit arrogant. Um, what they've done is, I suppose, you hardly ever get to see it. And as we talk about, it's a, it's a chance to be able to go three three times running. I think that's a distinct possibility for those boys.
0: Yeah, and look, we speak about the players that are going, but you mentioned there Cameron Serraldo. That could be the biggest loss of all, Ben.
2: Yeah, I, I I truly think it is that the work that he puts behind the scenes in regards to his coaching and ability. And it's um, it's funny. I, I'm trying to get my wife into all these kind of sports and listening, and um, I'm right into the NFL. And yeah, Bill Belichick, he was a defensive coach for the Patriots and then moved into a head coach. And I think something like Cameron Serrato, assistant coach, and right behind the scenes, that he'll be phenomenal for the Bulldogs. And a big loss, but then you've got the likes of Peter Wallace, who was the uh, reserve grade coach, I believe, that mm. they went and took the title out. So they've got, they've got people across the park. It's, it's amazing that a club has done so well over, I suppose, that five-year period. And I think a lot comes down to Gus Gould when he was there and talking about that five-year plan.
1: He's put some really good things in place. I was a bit critical yesterday of other coaches, y- you know, that Penrith haven't had to cope with anything new for a long time, even though they've been so dominant. You know, do, do you think, like, the and the one highlighted one is, Kickow gets to run at Moses all day. Like, how's that going to work?
2: Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, you've got to come up with something different, and that's what I thought Parramatta would have done in the grand final. They're so flamboyant and off the cuff with their play that they sort of went away from it. Um, I was talking to Brandy before the game, and, by all means, they said, oh, we would have preferred to have played Cowboys because they're structured and Penrith know how to play structured teams. It's, it's the unstructured plays that you can't defend against or can't practice against, and Parramatta really went away from that in the game and uh, obviously allowed Pe- uh, Penrith to come out and pull kick out Moses and um, L- uh, Moses Leota to be able to defend the way he is. They just ran straight at him instead of making him move. Yeah, it it is a little bit different, but when you talk about coaching, it's funny you mentioned coaches in other teams. It's it's like the coaching merry merry-go-round. No new coaches are being given a go. Like I talk about the Walker Boys all the time. I'm Surprised they haven't got an NRL gig at the moment,
1: especially the deal they offer. Well, yeah.
0: But I I think <laughs> yeah. I think clubs are wary, aren't they, of making as they would say on yes minister or yes prime minister courageous decisions they'd rather go for the the safer option and and see what happens
2: yeah and it's um yeah it's a little bit disappointing because you think that the style of player has changed it's not the back when i was playing it was more of a rugged a tough You 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 were going to get bashed every game but now they said it's flamboyant these guys have got a lot of confidence a lot of skill and uh, it, it, the game has changed, and you think the coaches would have changed with it. Um, I suppose a, a different mentality to it, but then again, you see the Ivan Cleary's and the uh, Craig Bellamy, their solo coaching continues to work, and mm. Craig Fitzgibbon is in that same mould.
0: Yeah, and talk about coaches, it'll be the biggest challenge of his career. I think Wayne Bennett, when he starts November 1 officially at the Redcliffe Dolphins, I mean, you, you talk about throwing yourself into a coaching challenge, there's Arguably the the biggest one he will have faced in his career.
2: Yeah, no, definitely, and it's 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 an exciting thing, I suppose. Uh, being a, like a sunny coast boy, I'm really excited about the Dolphins and what they potentially can do. And I know that I've got my two girls supporting them for next year. They're straight onto it, but I can't oh, move my son. Go. He'll be a Panther for life. But um, yeah, it's one of those things that uh, you don't expect too much of them in the first uh, probably three years, but. This is where the NRL needs to come in and, and give some type of support, too, to to the, the game. I know with uh, the AFL, they support them financially, uh, the new clubs, and allow them to get better picks and so forth. And I think that's where the NRL need to come in. If you've got the team like uh, the Dolphins coming in, they need to be able to... Those marquee players they need to not only have one marquee, but they need to have probably the, the three or four just to really pop that club up at the start.
1: Yeah, and then their pathway coaches need to, to match the Wayne Bennett style too, I bet. You know, it's no good. Is it any good throwing the Walker boys into the host plus team and getting the Redcliffs yeah. really playing in a certain way that that Benny mightn't want?
2: Yeah, and and that's where you sort of take uh, out, of the, out of the Penrith, I suppose, concept or development that every team plays exactly the same way. So when you move up a level, you know exactly what's expected of you, you know, the moves and, and the style, defensive style that you'll be playing. So... Yeah, it's a hard one. It's a really hard one to, I suppose, comprehend, but um, I know Wayne Bennett, he's been there, he's done it and mm. I think he'll start the club off really well.
0: And that's the problem the, the Walkers had at Ipswich when they were affiliated with the Gold Coast. Players would come back from the Titans when John Cartwright was coaching there and, and have no idea about the way that the Walker boys wanted to play and playing completely different to the Titans and that's why that fell apart as well. Mate, just before we let you go, I've got to ask you about the Kangaroo squad, your thoughts on that and uh, Dylan Edwards, unlucky, but the reality is he's got a few fair fallbacks ahead of him, hasn't he? And
2: that's the thing. It's, um, it, well, Mal's quite lucky that he, he could have picked a number of players to fill that squad and, and still been the best team uh, going into the world cup. And yeah, it is unlucky, but I talk about oh, through my ears, uh, Cameron Smith, the best hooker to have ever played the game, but the hookers we played around in in and around him that never got that opportunity is like mm. a Matty Ballon or anyone like that. It's, yeah, it's just the rub of the green, really. And uh, Dylan Edwards, he, he's got so many good uh, fullbacks in front of him that uh, very unlucky, but I think he wouldn't mind after winning a grand final the a Clive Churchill medal.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Good on you, mate. Great to talk to you. I'm glad we, we caught up, and let's uh, try and do it again next year as well, eh? Thanks, Ben. Yeah, perfect. Appreciate it. Ben Ross, Fog number 144 and Premiership winner with the Panthers back in 2003. His thoughts on uh, Penrith's success, why they are successful, where they're headed, and uh, thoughts on that kangaroo squad that was named yesterday.
1: When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.